Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Counter Melody. Won't you all please join me in wishing a very happy 70th birthday to the great Mexican tenor Francisco Arraiza, whom we just heard singing an excerpt from Mozart's Die Zauberflöte. That's from a 1989 recording that he made with Neville Mariner. I hope to present a full episode on this great tenor in two weeks' time. Let me just say that, can't remember the exact year, it would have been 1985, 1986, I heard him sing this very role, Tamino, in Chicago, and I thought that I was hearing the resurrected voice of Fritz Wunderlich, and I kid you not, it was that beautiful. So this is a singer that's very close to my heart, and therefore I really am excited to present him to you today and in two weeks' time. Today is going to be a slightly different episode than usual. I'm going to tell you about things that I have up my sleeve for season two. First of all, you'll be encountering for the first time a new theme song, so tune in next week and you'll hear that. I'm sticking with Claudia Muzio because she's my gal. I hope to do an episode on her as well sometime in the near future. But for now, let's stick with tenors. Here's Chandra Konya, the great Hungarian tenor, who in his day was quite celebrated, particularly as Lohengrin, but he also was a master in the Italian repertoire. Here he is at the end of the Guardate Pazzo Sun aria from Manon Lescaux, he lets off these two unwritten high Bs. The first time I heard this, I nearly lost my mind. I love him so much.
Sándor Konya, even though most of his career did not take place in Hungary, will be one of the featured singers when I bring you a series from Behind the Iron Curtain. I've been collecting a lot of recordings from Czech singers, from Romanian singers, from Hungarian singers, and I look forward to bringing those and others to you. My not-boyfriend and I, David, took a trip to Prague, well, it was almost a year and a half ago now, and I purchased a lot of CDs of interesting singers because I already had the intention of producing the podcast and I already had been thinking that this would be an interesting subject. So here is an example from one of those. It's the soprano and God knows I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce these names. Milada Shubrutova, I think, is her name. And she's singing an absolutely gorgeous aria from Dvorak's Armida called, yeah, Zastilu Gazilu. I think something like that. Behind the gazelle. That recording is from December 1956. And what can I say? I don't know what they were putting in the water in December 1956. But dig this recording. This is Anita Cerquetti, the greatest of the great Italian dramatic sopranos. Here she is singing Ore dei Cieli from Spontini's opera Agnese di Hohenstaufen. This was the first introduction I had to her voice. And again, I nearly lost my mind and <laughs> it's possible I never regained it. It's a recording from the Rai in Milano on December 17th, 1956. I'm planning on doing a full series on Italian dramatic voices, and I'm really excited about it. Sopranos, baritones, basses, tenors, mezzos, all of them. Looking forward to that. Hope you are too. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
course, I'm a soprano guy. What can I say? I spend way too much time on sopranos, but God, when they're as beautiful as the two that you're about to hear, you will understand why. This is the Canzonetta Sull'Aria from Nozze di Figaro, the letter duet. The two singers that we hear here are Heather Harper, the Irish soprano who died in 2019, and the American soprano Judith Blagan, two very, very favorite singers of mine. I haven't presented enough of them on the podcast. I'm not sure we've heard any Judith Blagan, and that is going to be remedied in the next season, because I'm going to do a full episode on her. Meanwhile, I'm also planning a series on, let's just call it for now, British songbirds, and it will feature a lot of the very best of the British sopranos and other singers from years past, primarily. Heather Harper will, even though she was Irish, she will figure in that. Other singers that we will hear are Jennifer Vivian, Elizabeth Harwood, many others as well. So stay tuned for those. Meanwhile, I'm also planning a series, and I'm very excited about this, called Nyko Divas, Nyko being New York City Opera. One of the singers that will feature prominently in one of those episodes is the late American soprano Brenda Lewis. We've heard her a couple times on recent podcasts, one singing Sigmund Romberg's The Girl in Pink Tights, in which she was the brash secondary lead, and also in Mark Blitzstein's Regina, in which she sang a blazing rendition of the title role. Here she is in another role in which she really broke the mold. That is Jack Beeson and Kenward Elmsley's Lizzie Borden, which was premiered at City Opera in 1965. Here she is doing a very short portion of the mad scene from that opera. Snakes, go away, go away. 
I've really made a commitment this past year to highlighting the contributions of African-American singers, particularly those who are less well-remembered than they should be. And here is a prime example of that, Ruby Elsie, the exquisite African-American soprano who created the role of Serena in Porgy and Bess. Here she is singing the folk song, The Last Rose of Summer, which was incorporated into Friedrich von Flotow's opera, Marta. Elsie will be featured in an episode that I'm putting together about Porgy and Bess, that problematic but iconic opera slash musical that has been such an important part of the musical life of U.S. Americans and of African American singers in particular. I'm going to be considering a wide range of singers who were involved in one way or another with that piece. Now I'm going to switch horses 
Voices in Midstream and present to you a singer who I love. I'm not going to say more than any other singer, but she is way at the top of my list. This is Ede Norena, the Norwegian singer who, at the age of 40, reinvented herself, relearned her technique, re-debuted, and spent the last 15 years of her life as one of the prima donnas in Paris, as well as around the world. Here she is singing Cariserve from Handel's Atalanta. I'm very excited about the series in which works like this will be heard. That is an episode or episodes, I haven't yet decided, that's going to be called Full-Figured Baroque. <laughs> I thought that was a particularly good title. Thank you to David for coming up with it. He's always got great ideas for me. He's been a real inspiration and support, as have all of you, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yes, Full-Figured Baroque. I'm going to be presenting recordings that are not at all all in historically informed performance practice style. I'm going to be giving you singing with lots of rubato, lots of portamenti, but singers singing with their full voices and giving us a different perspective on Baroque music than we get in contemporary performance in this day and age. Ede Norena is clearly one of those singers, but there will be many others. It's going to be one of, I think, my most important episodes. So I look forward to sharing that with you. One of my faithful listeners suggested this next topic to me. He said, what about doing an episode on voiceless wonders? Voiceless wonders, what an interesting concept. Singers who compensate for their lack of sheer vocal acumen with extraordinary artistry. These are some of the singers that I value above any others. Here is the French baritone Martin, Pierre Bernac, singing the last of the banalité by Francis Poulenc and Guillaume Apollinaire. This is called Sanglot, and it's an excerpt from the end of the song. Mon coeur, mon coeur brisé, 
des Lest you think that I only love singers with modest vocal endowments, here's another French baritone who has vocal ability out the wazoo, shall we say. This is a singer that my friend Gavin suggested to me. His name is Charles Cambon, and here he is singing an excerpt from Massonet's Hérodiade Vision Fugitive. I'm going to do a whole series on baritones, baritones, and more baritones, primarily those that deserve more exposure. One of those is the Italian Giorgio Zancanaro, who is still with us. This is a recording from April 1985 of the death scene of Rodrigo from Verdi's Don Carlo, live from Covent Garden. <laughs> Regnare tutto vedi, ed io muoio per te. Io vorrei 
Also going to be doing a whole series on American baritones, maybe a subset of the series of baritones in general. This is one of the greatest I've been offering him throughout my entire crossover series. That's John Reardon. I love him so much. I've played him singing a couple things. I know I played him singing Make Someone Happy from this musical Do Re Mi, a role he created on Broadway in 1961. This is his brash record executive character singing the song I Know About Love from the same show. The music is by Julie Stein. Lyrics are by Comden and Green. The orchestra is conducted by Lehman Engel, who we've often encountered in his extraordinary capacity as conductor and arranger. Albums for lovers with hot, sexy covers. It's love, yes, it's love, fills the tears. Swirls with available girls I know about love I recite all the sonnets I sing all the songs That everyone's heard I know love's a word That rhymes with the stars above In movies I've seen Love fills the screen Then the fireworks flare Violins fill the air The universe reels For love's a magic spell It's what makes music sell I know all about it Except how it feels. I happened to be reading these bios a few hours ago of these Broadway style performers, and they were all saying things like, It was their great privilege to perform with blah blah blah. And I thought, ay, 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 I'm not sure I'd use that terminology. It really seems like a display of false modesty. But anyway, here's a singer of whom I must say that it is my great privilege to present her to you. And I've done so a number of times. I won't keep you in suspense any longer. It's the great contralto Carol Bryce, one of the leading lights of African-American songsters. She covered the gamut. I've offered her several times on the podcast singing a wide range of repertoire. The Brahms Alto Rhapsody under Serge Kusevitsky, a clip from the peculiar and magnificent failed musical The Grass Harp. 
an excerpt from Mark Blitzstein's Regina, and here an excerpt from the 1960 revival of Burton Lane and Yeparberg's Finian's Rainbow. This is necessity. I will be offering a full episode on Carol Bryce. I've gotten my hands on some wonderful rare material, and I can't wait to bring it to you, so I'm really excited about that. What is the curse that makes the universe so What is the hoax that just provokes the folks they call God's children? What is the jinx that gives a buddy and his brother and everyone around the runaround? That most unnecessary thing, necessity, what throws the monkey wrench in a fellow's good intention, that nasty old invention, necessity. I'm just going to take a tiny pause right now to thank you for joining me today and to ask you, as I always do around this point in the program, for your support in whatever way you are able to provide it. Whether that be as a listener and subscriber, for which you have my undying gratitude. And by the way, I also invite you to become a proselytizer for countermelody. Maybe even an evangelist for countermelody. <coughs> but pass on the word to people in whatever way you can, because I'm really seeking to grow my listenership. Let's just say I want to build my listenership. That's one of my primary goals for the coming season. So pass the word on, rate, review, subscribe, do all of that great stuff. And if you can afford to, please also consider becoming a supporter on my Patreon page, which is accessible at patreon.com slash countermelody. I have a new bonus episode that I'm posting for my subscribers in the next two days. That is on the great French soprano Christiane Edapierre, who died just a few short weeks ago. It's been a journey of discovery for me, finding out just what an exceptional artist she was. 
I was operating under a false assumption that she wasn't a great singer. And you know what? I was wrong. And I can't wait to share all of these amazing excerpts that I found. So that's something that is available to all Patreon supporters from $2 on up. So consider that. And now we'll go back to the program. Here's a singer that I have not yet brought to you, but he will be part of the low-voiced American Singers series. That's the late, great bass baritone Donald Graham. He's not a voiceless wonder, but in comparison with voices like Siepi or the next three low-voiced singers that I'm going to sample for you, his is a relatively modest talent, and yet what a communicator he was. I'm a huge, huge fan of Donald Graham, and again, there's a lot of wonderful rare material to bring to you, both in the radio, live performances, even a number of studio recordings that he made. This, meanwhile, is the song by John Duke to a poem by Edwin Arlington Robinson called Luke Havergal. And it's just the final part of the song. The title character is being summoned by a ghost to show up at the Western Gate where he used to meet his now-deceased beloved. This highlights another series that I'll be bringing to you, and that is of fascinating U.S. American art songs from a period that's no longer very closely examined by singers of the present day. We've been talking about great basses. Here's one of the greatest. He was not just a bass. He was an activist. He paved the way for people like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Without this man, the cause of racial equality in the United States would not have developed in the way in which it did. I'm speaking of Paul Robeson. On election weekend, I will be bringing you a show on this great American. Here he is singing, not inappropriately, an English translation of the Russian folk song Black Eyes or Ochichornye. This is arranged by Rosa Newmarch and it's a recording from 1939. Black eyes flashing, eyes like beacon lights that have lured me on for a magic sea to that distant land where love waits for me. 
I'd been spared regret, spared the bliss and pain of a passion vain, but now I am forlorn by black eyes misled and forevermore all life Speaking of great basses, here's another one, Alexander Kipnis. I haven't played enough of him yet for you guys. I think I played one example of him, perhaps, in one of my early COVID episodes. But here he is, throwing his hat in the ring in the full-figured Baroque series. This is a 1930 recording of an aria from Ariodante, Al senti stringue parto. Al senti stringue love bringing singers to you guys that you may not be aware of yet. This next singer was the Chinese-born bass Yi Kui She. He was, in fact, a student of Alexander Kipnis's, and no surprise there when you hear his voice. This is a live recording from Cleveland in 1971 of the Rachmaninoff song Ushti Niva known in English as The Harvest of Sorrow. This is a portion of that recording.
collecting LPs of Yi Kueche, and I will be bringing him to you with great excitement and humility in the course of the year to come. Another one of my listeners asked me to please do a series on countertenors, and I had to say, I'm not sure that's appropriate. I don't want to be criticizing my present-day colleagues, but there is one singer who has nothing but my respect, and that is the late American countertenor Russell Oberlin, who really paved the way for the current crop of singers, because he sang this voice part in a different way than was being cultivated over in the UK and the continent. He was a real pathbreaker. I had the privilege of meeting and chatting with him on a couple occasions, and he couldn't have been more gracious and kind. I'm sorry about the sound of this dubbed recording. I dubbed it a number of years ago before I had developed a better method of doing so, but it's of Robert Schumann's song Meine Rose, which is a song that I have also sung because I love it with all my heart. Here's an excerpt from that 1961 recording with Russell Oberlin accompanied by Douglas Williams. Könnt ich dann auch nicht sehen, dich freudig auferstehen, Another American singer, here singing leader, is the great soprano Patricia Brooks. I've got some live material with her. She's going to be one of my Nyko divas. This is from her New York recital debut in February 1971. She's singing the Mendelssohn song, Neue Liebe, which is a setting of a poem by Heinrich Heine. 
I'm going to be offering a full series on leader and art song singing, specifically leader, because I think, I don't want to open a can of worms here, but there are a number of singers who I think are upheld as if they were paragons of leader interpretation. I'm not going to mention their names here because they're, quite honestly, singers that I cannot bear. But instead of complaining about people that I don't like, I thought it would be fun to give you people that I do like. So I'm going to be offering a mini-series sometime in the course of the coming year on Leader My Way. It's what I like, and it's what I'd like you guys to hear as examples of extraordinary communicativeness and musical integrity in leader singing. Two of the finest singers in this regard not surprisingly, are German-speaking singers. The first is Irmgard Seyfried. I used to have major, major problems with Irmgard Seyfried because of her vocal faults. Perhaps she could also fall into the voiceless wonder category, although at the beginning of her career, I think she possessed a gorgeous voice. She encountered some technical difficulties, but that didn't keep her from remaining an incredibly spontaneous and text responsive singer. This is an excerpt from the Bayerischer Rundfunk, recorded in April 1951, of the folk song arranged by Brahms called In Stiller Nacht. This is the second verse. She's accompanied by Eric Verba. A few moments ago, we heard Patricia Brooks in not perfect German, quite frankly, singing the Mendelssohn song Neue Liebe. Here is Brigitte Fassbender doing an excerpt from one of the so-called Schwanengesang leader of Franz Schubert, who is my god. No, literally, he is my god. I could bow down and worship him. The heresy. This is the song Ihr Bild. Fassbender is accompanied here by the great German composer and pianist Arbert Reimann. What I love about this recording is how she takes a very traditional concept, 
the poet sees in a dream a portrait of his beloved that comes to life, and then he awakes and realizes that in waking life and not in dreams, she's lost to him forever. The way that Fassbender sings this song, it's cataclysmic. I don't know how else to describe it. Listen to this. played three songs by the American soprano Roberta Alexander last week from her crossover album. On that record, she does a group of songs by Alec Wilder, the extraordinary American composer and author. I have decided I'm going to do a full series on Alec Wilder because I also have amazing performances by Judy Holliday, by Eileen Farrell, by Mildred Bailey, three of my very favorite singers, and then this group that Roberta Alexander does on her crossover album entitled With You, in which she's accompanied by David Treestrom. This is a portion of the song called Blackberry Winter, which has words by Lunas McGlowan, who also was the pianist and arranger on the late career recordings by that magnificent singer Eileen Farrell. I'm going to read just the first stanza of the poem because I want you to understand what it's about, and I cut it out just for time's sake. Here it is. Blackberry winter comes without a warning, just when you think that spring's around to stay. So you wake up on a cold rainy morning and wonder what on earth became of May. The excerpt picks up from there. Never 
One of the original and greatest voiceless wonders that I can think of is Lotelenia, wife, of course, of Kurt Weil, whom we have encountered several times on this podcast. Here she is in an excerpt from the peculiar pageant that Weil had produced on Broadway shortly after he arrived in the United States. It's the Song of Ruth from The Eternal Road, and it's here sung by Lotte Lenya using the English lyric. Nay, where thou goest, will I go also, and I shall dwell wherever thou abidest for thy God is my God and thy folk is my folk and shouldst thou die then I would die with thee for so my soul and thine are knit together Until the grave then let the bond endure Thy God is my God and thy faith my faith We're going to hear a song that's familiar in English, but this time with German lyrics. It's the Surrey with the French on top, but with a difference, because it's Marlene Dietrich singing it in this 1951 recording. And instead of a Surrey with a fringe, she's singing about a sleigh that's traveling through a snow-covered valley. Somehow, it's not such a joyous experience. It becomes this rather angst-ridden, let me live with my dream. I know you don't really care about me, but let me just keep this illusion that you still care about me and that we could continue this trip for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Du brauchst mich nicht lange zu bitten, denn wir fahren in unserem Schlitten, denn wir fahren in unserem Schlitten durch ein Tal im Schnee. Wenn die Winterwolken sich balten und es dunkel wird, ach dann halten wir beim Forsthaus an bei dem Alten und wir haben Tee. Die stille Stube, ja die lächelt uns zu. Die alte Uhr schlägt leise, ich schmieg mich an dich und ich fühle, dass du mein Ziel bist am Ende der Reise. 
Draußen steht im Schnee unser Schimmel, stumm ist nun das Schellengebimmel, und ich bin im siebenten Himmel, weil ich dich nur seh. Lass den Schlitten mit den Schellen und das Tal tief im Schnee. Marlene Dietrich is really one of my favorite voiceless artists, and I look forward to bringing you many delicious excerpts from her when I do my series on voiceless wonders. Now here's a singer that you've heard numerous times already. The singer is none other than Carol Neblett, whom we just heard a couple weeks ago, singing excerpts from Fanchula del West, one of her most famous roles. I'm representing her from the very end of her career here. This is a live performance from Los Angeles in May 2012. She is definitely one of the Nyko divas that we will be hearing quite a bit from next season. Here she is in a beautiful version of Stephen Sondheim's One More Kiss from Follies. The soprano portraying Carol Neblett's younger alter ego is Leah Horowitz. mentioned that Carol Neblett was at the end of her performing life here. I'm very interested in bringing an episode to you of singers in the twilight of their lives, singing often with an increased interpretive ability, and in some cases, vocal ability compromised or nearly intact. It's a topic that very much interests me, so look for that twilight episode. 
coming up soon, just as I'm doing a series on the composer Alec Wilder. So I want to do a series on another songwriter who I don't think has really received her due, and that's Dory Langdon Previn. We all know the story of the drama of her life when Andre Previn dumped her for one of her best friends. We don't need to go into that. She did suffer enormously from, well, mental illness, but she channeled it and wrote extraordinary and strange and gorgeous songs. And this is from a live Carnegie Hall performance that she gave in April 1973. It's a song that the first time I heard it, it just grabbed me by my heart and made me feel like she was singing about me. It's called I Dance and Dance and Sing and Sing. This is Dory Previn in all of her embarrassed wonderfulness. You gotta hear it. This is called uh, I Dance and Dance and Smile and Smile. I'm always loving someone more than he loves me. Lord, I wish just this once. That's not how it would be. I always try too hard when I find someone new. God, I wish just this once you'd need me more than I need you. I danced. To please my father Just to win one glance Some sign of his approval I danced and danced and danced and danced I smiled to make my mother Proud I was her child To gain some small attention I smiled and smiled and smiled and smiled My books and bikes I bartered To try to buy a friend Now I'm grown, this heart I own Is the currency I spend and spend and spend And I lose 
going to end the episode with two of my favorite pop singers because I'm going to be doing a series on my favorite pop singers. I keep on threatening to do it and I haven't done it yet. Here are two of them. The first, of course, is Dusty Springfield and she is singing here a 1970 recording of the amazing song by Sherry Payne, sister of Frida Payne, Crumbs Off the Table. She gets down and dirty, perhaps... This is a side of Dusty that you haven't experienced yet. I'm going to take you on a full voyage across the wonder of Dusty Springfield. So stay tuned. I respect and admire all the way down to the ground. She's such an extraordinary musician, as well as being a powerhouse singer. And that is Cindy Lauper. I love her so much. Here she is singing from a strange French musical called Starmania or Starmania. The original creators of this piece are Michel Berger and Luc Plamondon. English lyrics to this song are by Tim Rice. This is The World is Stone, and I think it kind of describes where a lot of us are right now. It's no trick of the light, it's hard on the
forward to having you all join me next week in celebration of my actual birthday, which takes place on the very day that I'll be posting. It's a landmark birthday for me. I hope you'll join me in celebrating. I'm going to be playing just my favorite singers in my favorite recordings. It's an opportunity to get an insight into me and to just indulge me on the occasion of my birthday. God help me. And now to round off today's episode, I just want to pay tribute to the recently departed Australian singer Helen Reddy, who wrote the song, I Am Woman. It was very much part of my childhood. She had a number of other hits. I was never the biggest fan of her singing, which is, frankly, a little white bread for my taste, but she really changed the world with this song. This is the original version of I Am Woman, recorded in 1971. Some record producer heard it and they thought, hey, that song's got something. Let's perk it up a little bit. I'm not sure they recognized that it would become a song that would change the world, but it sure as hell did. Until next time, my friends, do your very best to keep the song in your hearts. You can bend but never break me, cause it only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal. And I come back even stronger, not a novice any longer. Daniel Kundlach.